Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Good morning, Bucknutters. <clears throat> it is Friday, June the 30th. It better be at least. It is good. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change, joined by Steve Hellwagon. It is Friday. It is June 30th. It is the end of the month. So if you have not subscribed to the YouTube page, you are not helping us attempt to defeat the Georgia, Penn State, and Michigan site for signups this month. It's the last day you procrastinators and bucknutters need to get out there and make us proud and do so. It's also the last day before a holiday weekend. It's the last day of officially of Dave Biddle's two-week vacation. I think we can all drink to that. He'll be back on Monday. And I, well, I don't know what I'll be doing. Rehab, maybe. But uh, today we will answer some questions. There's been some really cool stuff going on on the recruiting front that uh, Steve and I will tackle, and then we will answer some questions on the team and call it a day. Steve in the process of moving, he's carved out some time for us, which we enjoy and appreciate two big time targets for the Buckeyes. Aaron Scott and Marquise Lightfoot have announced their commitment dates, uh, July 30th for Aaron Scott, July 3rd for Marquise Lightfoot live on 24 seven sports. Your thoughts on both of those. These are some low-hanging fruit comments. I realize that, but uh, TG up there. Yes, and very exciting because these are both national top 100 guys uh, in the composite on defense, and the only way you're ever going to get better on defense is with better players. And I know that also player development and scheme and play calling and execution and all that stuff, tackling – uh, factor into this, but uh, bigger, faster X's and O's gives you a better chance. And this is what Ohio State's lacked, in my opinion, on defense here the last several years. And so I think it's important. You're going to see Marquise Lightfoot in particular. He's going to announce uh, on July 3rd, and everyone seems to think that Ohio State is the team to beat with him, Chicago area defensive end. I studied his tape a little bit, 6'5", 230 range, probably going to play closer to 250, 260, maybe even more than that. And uh, I'm telling you, he's got the the frame to add more uh, weight, obviously, and he is a potential difference maker. He is a high-motor guy, no question about it. And then uh, you're talking about uh, back here in Ohio with Aaron Scott, Springfield, Ohio. Uh, Doesn't get any closer to home really than that and uh, 40 miles down the road, and uh, as I guess it's been reported, that's his dad's birthday, 
And Ohio State's got to like their chances there with Aaron Scott, adding him to Bryce West, the Glenville uh, player who committed to the Buckeyes at corner. Again, two more national top 100 players. Uh, Ohio State, I don't want to say locks for both, but uh, got to really like where Ohio State is standing right now. And this is an important, you know, just one more piece, one more piece, one more piece in building a better defense for the Ohio State uh, football team. Yeah, the, the uh, hullabaloo with Scott recently is that, as Steve mentioned, he will be announcing on his dad's birthday. And this has been a close recruitment. He's down to a final three of Oregon, Michigan, and Ohio State. I think everyone believes it's essentially a two-team race. And like uh, Steve said, he's publicly come out and said his dad is a big-time Buckeyes fan. That's not like rumor. Aaron Scott has said that out loud on the record several times. And then to announce that you're announcing on your dad's birthday, unless they have some kind of, you know, bizarre thing going on over there, I would think you'd want to hook your pops on. I would certainly hope that if my son was committing somewhere, I'm serious, on my birthday, that it would not be to the arch rival of my squad in a state where the rivalry has become national lore. So... What a cruel joke that would be. So, yeah, I I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and crystal ball anybody anywhere. I, I, I really have never gotten that involved in that. But uh, to me, it seems like it's Ohio State. And, uh, again, you know, you, this can't be understated. I mean, they get five-star wide receivers falling out of bed every day, it feels like, and, and four- and five-star quarterbacks and, you know, all these guys, you know, three running backs. I mean, they have this wealth of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And it is about time that they have uh, reconciled over there at the Ohio State College that they need better defensive players. And I think uh, that they are uh, are starting to come through with a few here. And uh, we've already seen, you know, with uh, Bryce West was one, certainly. That really got kind of got the ball rolling. So, just keep it going and add those two and, and whoever else decides here. I think you'll see several guys commit because they want to get it out of the way before they start practice yep. August the 1st. So uh, to me, I think you'll see several guys. And, man, this season's going to be here before we know it. Ohio starts playing games on like the 20th of August, whatever that Friday is around that period of time. And, I mean, it, it'll it be here before we know it. Yeah, and like you said, we're just – Sometimes there is luck in recruiting and uh, to have Bryce West and Aaron Scott both be Ohio residents and in the same class and play corner is that's luck. But at the same time, you got to take advantage of that. And look, traditionally the difference between Ohio state and the other big 10 schools, generally speaking is Ohio produces more division one players and you've got to capitalize on that. Now we talk a lot about their ability to reach nationally and worldwide canoe on line one, but um, it's very, very impressive if they can put this together. So we'll be looking for that. What is the team doing? So that's what we're going to check up on now with Steve, kind of get a sense of where we are. Fireworks, this is kind of a pseudo holiday weekend. I know in Dayton, they're doing the fireworks on Monday, July 3rd. I assume red, white, and boom in Columbus. I've done that before. What is that, the third? That'll be the third. So what are the Buckeyes doing this weekend? Is everybody home and partying? And we're worried about the phone ringing late at night? Because I always do. I have kids. Um, state of the Buckeyes right now, heading into the holiday weekend. 
Yeah, this is obviously a busy time, I think, for the Ohio State uh, football team. Uh, the players are probably working out on the order of four days a week, uh, give or take, uh, taking summer classes. But uh, this is when you really build in that conditioning aspect. And, and really, we haven't had the hot weather that you would normally expect this time of the year. We're probably about five or ten degrees below our average. We know that some hot weather is in the offing still this summer in July and August, particularly during the uh, preseason camp. It's usually in the 80s, if not pushing 90 almost every day that time of the year. And it really is a difficult uh, time, I think, for these athletes. But I know Coach Marotti or Mick Marotti and his staff are working this team as hard as ever to get them ready to prepare them for the rigors of preseason camp. So when you look at it, that's that's really what's going on right now. They're taking some courses as well as doing the, uh, the summer workouts, which are a combination of speed, strength, agility, all of that, really pushing the guys in every aspect, plus some football-related uh, drills. Assistant coaches are allowed some minimal – amount of time with these players to brush up on uh, technique. And I think also, again, that period from the end of spring until the beginning of preseason camp for the offensive line in particular is so critical because they have got to make a quantum leap in that short amount of time from mid-April to August 1st. Uh, and they're in the middle of it right now watching film, perfecting technique, and just general improvement of all aspects of offensive line play, so critical right now. So they're doing everything they can within their power, what's legal, everything else. Uh, if there is rules about how many hours the guys can work out and different things like that. But uh, believe me, they're maximizing every day over there right now. Yeah, we don't like to let current events and news seep into this uh podcast too much but i do wonder if they're gonna to have to make the guys all practice inside given the canadian haze that's gripped the midwest um another yeah. challenge for those guys go ahead there was, there was one camp sound mind sound body up in michigan where the air air quality is probably even worse than it is here they had to cancel the camp just because of the air quality up there so uh yeah that is a factor i'm sure they're trying to take care of the guys the best they can based on what you saw um, and we talked about uh, getting better on defense. Obviously, they did a really – I think the most underrated thing that they did was their work in the portal to fix the secondary just like lickety-split like that to get the number one safety in the portal in Jihad Carter. And Davis and Igbenosa, I'm not sure he was the number one rated safety out there, but the idea of getting a stud like that who has three years of eligibility left was just a, a coup. And then you've got guys coming on like Sonny Styles and C.J. Hicks. To me, when you're talking earlier about stacking defensive players, those are guys that would look just as uh, comfortable in an Alabama or Georgia jersey, and uh, that's important. Who has passed the look test for you at these quick practices? We only get the idea that media has access to practice. I put that in air quotes. Um, a lot of back in the day, they would say we had media access to practice we had it for 15 minutes and dudes would stand so far away you needed like a bionic lens to see numbers so i don't know if that access is but who's jumped out to you because these are some impressive dudes and let's let's 
they're younger guys who in an off season can change the way they look. Yeah, I think even with the spring game that everybody did get to see, you got to get that glimpse at C.J. Hicks and Sonny Styles in particular. Those two young guys are going to play. I don't know that we're going to pencil them in as starters in the first 11 to start the season, but it wouldn't surprise me if by the opener that one or both of them has worked their way into a starting position somehow, some way, and I can't predict you know, what what that would be, or, you know, that could involve somebody else not being available or, or what, but uh, those two guys in particular, I think have got to play some type of role. Uh, Davison Igbenosin, I would almost put him as a co-starter right now with Denzel Burke and also Josh Hancock. I think if you have three really good corners to rotate, uh, given the fact that uh, teams throw the ball so much and there's a lot of running involved in uh, covering these guys that uh, they wear down. I mean, it's just the fact of the matter. So the idea that you're going to play an entire competitive game with two corners is, uh, is just not, not going to work. So uh, that was the problem the last few years. They didn't have two healthy competitive corners uh, to get through a lot of these games. You saw a lot of the breakdowns and result of that. So I think Eggman Oson is certainly uh, in the mix to play 40% of the plays, if not more, 60%, who knows, 70% perhaps uh, during the upcoming season. And he's a godsend, certainly. Jihad Carter, he went down with a, a little bit of a knee tweak, I believe, midway through uh, the spring. It was not considered serious. He is a guy that came in and mixed things up right away, brings in several years of playing experience from Syracuse. And uh, I think he's going to play quite a bit now. Again, what to say, what does that mean in any of the three positions? I don't know. I think they have like eight or nine really good candidates at safety, and they're going to sift through that during preseason camp. And everybody's healthy. You get them all out on the field. You measure how everybody does. You play the best three, four, five guys, and that's what they're going to do, I think, to start the season. But I think Carter's definitely among their top four or five safeties to start the season. Uh, you know, who else is in that mix? Perhaps Sonny Styles, Lathan Ransom, uh, Martinez. He got a ton of time, Cam Martinez, in yep. the spring. So you've got a wealth of guys, again, four or five. You're deeper at both, at, at all those positions than you've been uh, at any time in the last year or two. So I think that really is going to work out great in the back end. You're going to have improved play. Uh, it all starts up front. You know, I think we had that in the boarding house yesterday, how it all starts up front, and the up front's got to be much better as well. And I think it will be. But, again, uh, you know, theory, putting it down on paper and then watching it happen on September 11th and 18th and whatever, those are two different things. So we'll, we'll see how it comes together. Yeah, one more positive I would say about the defense. And, yes, it is buck nuts. Um, but I do think Jim Knowles year two – will have an advantage over Jim Knowles year one. Um, day two, you know where the coffee machine is. I don't know how else to say it, but uh, he's just be more comfortable. Another year with this level of talent, to be fair, he never coached at a place where he was, you know, having to deal from strength rather than epoxy certain spots. Um, so I do think he'll make a bigger impact this year. Not to mention the guys playing for him will be a little bit more comfortable. Um, defense is a lot about guys just being able to play on instincts and 
So we look forward to that. I, I have high hopes for the defense this year being more competitive. I do think football in general, like you mentioned, we might have to start listing three corners and three wide receivers as starters anyway, the way the game has gone. Two corners, you can't get anything done with two corners. So you need, we almost need to be talking about the fourth and fifth corner because those guys are going to – put it this way, the fourth and fifth corner is going to get a lot more snaps than the fourth and fifth wide receiver at Ohio State. You can take that to the bank. I would agree with that. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, come back, <clears throat> play some podcast bills, and come back. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. And we are back. Steve, when is the next time we will get a chance to see the Buckeyes practice? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, obviously, uh, they are in the preseason phase right now, the uh, the offseason conditioning. There's really no access to any of that. Uh, they will probably have a, uh, a special skills uh, camp where uh, they bring in uh, special needs uh, uh, kids to and, and adults uh, to go through a football camp. And that usually happens right before the start a preseason camp, and we'll generally get to talk to a few of the players at that point. Uh, the Big Ten meetings are in late July, and then preseason camp will start on or about August 1st, 2nd, somewhere in there, about four weeks before the first game. So uh, I'm sure that uh, the first day we'll probably be able to go out and get a gander, but again, they'll just be in helmets and uh, jerseys and not a lot to glean from that other than, ooh, he's wearing 35 this year instead of 34 and that kind of thing. So, you know, not a lot that you're going to glean out of that. It's more of a dog and pony show to announce that the season is is uh, around the corner as opposed to really blood and guts football coverage. So, you know, uh, I think we're all hopeful that we'll get to see a few practices in preseason camp and uh, get to uh, get an idea. I would look for him to name a quarterback about midway through uh, preseason camp on or about the 15th to the 18th of August, about two weeks out, right as you're getting ready to to hone in on this is Indiana. You know, it's kind of crazy to think that they're opening the season with a Big Ten team for like the third time in six years when that never really happened before. And uh, that it's Indiana again, you know, it's like, you know, got to get up for that big game with Indiana comma a team that you usually beat by four or five touchdowns. But, uh, you know, the game is on the road and uh, it will be uh, certainly plenty of reason to tune in that first uh, Saturday at 3.30 on a new channel uh, 
our comrades at CBS Sports. How about that? We'll have coverage. The Buckeyes, first game for Ohio State on CBS, I think, in 25 years. 1998, they opened the season at West Virginia, which was a Big East team at the time, and CBS had the Big East contract. Major Harris? No, it was uh, Bulger, uh, Whitey Bulger. Bulger. Yes. M-A-R-C. The Rams, Whitey, Mark Whitey Bulger. They actually had a really good team. West Virginia, one of their better teams. Ohio State won the game 34-17. I was there. Cool and the gang was playing in the parking lot. And you want to talk about, you know, get, let's get down. You know, it, it was uh, it was something, man. It was uh, it was a uh, uh, happening in Morgantown. They did play on CBS Sports Network against Navy. Uh, that game in 2014, it did not rate CBS, apparently. You know, when Navy plays Notre Dame, it's on CBS, but Navy plays Ohio State, could only get on CBS Sports Network. So there you go. Was Urban on that game? Do you remember? Uh, CBS Sports Network. I uh, on that one. It was um, their A team, Vern Lundquist and okay. Austin. Gary Danielson, uh, they wanted the chance to do an Ohio State game, so they took a CBS – there may not have been a CBS game that day. I just remember Urban doing a uh, Ohio State game, and I think it was against Navy, and he spent the whole time basically recruiting Braxton Miller on the air. It was awesome. Anyway, yeah. uh, that all worked out. No doubt. Uh, okay. We had some one really good long question here that a guy. Okay, here we go. Steve, this guy wrote a book. Look at this. Michael Colwell came to play today. Hey, Steve and everyone, I'm going to make a college football early playoff prediction in my final four. Want to know if this is something you might agree with or not agree with? He'll go with Ohio State as number one seed, Georgia two, USC three, and Florida State symbols. I don't know what that means. As four, what do you guys think? I think he's on to something there. I think Georgia is pretty clearly the the team to beat. I think, you know, two-time defending national champions, and they do have to have a new quarterback. The Stetson-Bera-Bennett uh, uh, decade is finally over there at Georgia. But uh, I think that uh, they're going to be right in the hunt. Uh, whoever wins the SEC is certainly in the playoff, I think. Uh, you know, Ohio State, and again, it this is very simple. It comes down to the second half of the last game at Michigan. Can you stop Blake Gorham? Can you contain the run? Two years ago up there, they could not. Uh, it was Hassan Haskins just lined up and ran all over them. And then last year, it was uh, Gorham's understudy, Edwards, who ran all over them, and they hit all those big plays. So to me, it comes down to that one game. If you beat Michigan – and you win that one game, go on and win the Big Ten, then you're either the one seed or the two seed. If you lose that game, then you, you know, last year you lost the game and still got in the playoff. I don't think that you can rely on that in a four-team playoff, the last year of the four-team playoff. So uh, I do believe Ohio State uh, has the more talented team than Michigan. I think Michigan does have a, a great advantage or a great benefit to have a, a dynamic player like Blake Gorham who can house it at any moment from anywhere. Uh, what he did in his first 11 games before the Ohio State game last year was absolutely uncanny for Michigan at running back. So 
they, they didn't even need him to beat Ohio State last year. So Ohio State's got to, you know, they're kind of like in a put up or shut up mode this year. You can talk about being, being great at college football, but, you know, are you really, really a great a team, a great program? You got to prove it once again out on that field, you know, in the hundred yards, you know, of that field, you've got to win your game each week. And, and, and they haven't been able to do that the last couple of years. So, uh, for, for them, you know, psychologically, uh, mentally, physically, these are all hurdles that Ohio State's got to overcome and prove it once again that they are the cock of the walk in the Big Ten. And until we know that, you know, it's impossible to say, oh, they're the one, they're the two, they're the three. I think they could be the one. I think they could be the two, no doubt. Uh, they could be 13-0, and 0, no question about it. They have the talent sure. to do it. But will they put it together? on that one Saturday where it matters more than anything in the world. And they haven't done it the last two years. So they have got to go out and win that game. They have the talent to win that game, but they have to put it together. A lot of that's going to be offensive line quarterback. There's so many variables involved, but I like the teams that you mentioned. Florida state is certainly a dark horse coming out of the ACC that a lot of people are starting to believe in again. And we'll see, you know, if that's going to work out there. Uh, USC, man, I was not impressed uh, with what I saw. Uh, you know, that Pac-12 championship game, they just absolutely spit the bit. And, uh, you know, I want to see, are they built for the long haul? That's the thing. You know, which of these teams, Georgia, we know, is built for the long haul. We That's one thing we know as of right now. Anybody else in the country is looking up at them right now and saying, I want to be them. And uh, that includes Ohio State. So uh, Michigan, I don't think you can count them out of this discussion either for the top four. Um, Alabama is always going to be in the running, you know. Uh, so, it, man, it's going to be a fun year. There's going to be so many things that are going to upset what we believe. By the third week of the season, a lot of what we're thinking right now is going to be you know, torn up and thrown out the window because somebody else will have emerged and proven that, hey, we're legitimate. And so, uh, you know, it's just going to be a fun year, I think. By the way, if you had TCU in the Final Four at this time last year, um, I got a rabbit's foot for you too as well. So Perfect example. Also, yeah, and also I think the reason Florida State and USC are at least worthy of being considered – they have guys coming back at quarterback who are really impressive. Florida State, Jordan Travis. Obviously, USC, Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and fine Washington, D.C. native. But the other schools, Georgia, Ohio State, um, Alabama, are really running out first-time quarterbacks. Uh, so I guess that makes sense on some level. I'd be surprised if, if Ohio State wasn't in the playoff. I'm always surprised by that. And like I like you said, USC I have to see them do it consistently over the course of a longer season. And I could see Georgia and Alabama getting back in there. Everyone's doubting Nick Saban too much right now. That's that's not a good thing for the for the uh I'm not much for wallpaper getting you um a wounded up. Saban is a dangerous Saban. But yeah. why do that? That's just that's yeah. nationally dumb. Which we should we should all get together and not do that. But uh, you know, the, and the other thought, just really quick, Ohio State's got as much talent as any of these teams. Five projected first round NFL draft picks. Conservatively, I, I that's I was going to say it could be six, which would be just unheard of. So yeah, I 
there's more talent at Ohio State than just about any other school in the country. Now it's how you assemble it. It's how you develop it. And it's the competitive stamina that they talk about all a lot. I mean, you know, that was what they preached for 365 days, and they didn't have it against yep. Michigan. It was all talk, and it was, uh, you know, no action against Michigan last year. That's got to change, or the result will be the same. If the result is the same, Chad Stryker, yes, I will. Despite being a brown liquor uh, fan, I will invest heavily uh, in the foundation's new vodka if we lose to. What a hell of an idea. I think everyone, I think that'd be unfortunate for the foundation that their alcohol sales would increase dramatically with the loss to Michigan. Yet we'd be all drowning our sorrows at the same time. So I think that's a an idea catering to the fan base with uh, liquor to uh, pay the players. I, I love it. I do know. believe, you know, I think the model has got to change at some point with all this TV money coming oh, in. Sure. They got to pay, they got to pay the athletes and regardless of title nine, I know that there's going to be impact with that as well, but uh, there's got to be, and that's why they look to Congress to to try and help in some small way. But uh, you know, I tend to doubt they're going to be a, a effective solution to this. Whether it's dealing with Congress or the Buckeyes, probably a good idea to have some vodka handy. Regardless, it's a holiday weekend, so we feel comfortable with that. Uh, we appreciate Steve stopping by mid move. Very impressive that he'd take time away from his family, although. Time not carrying boxes also helps too. You guys have a great weekend. Have a good one, Bucknutters. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.